I am back. I hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year. I've had a week off, so you can imagine I am completely energetic, and we've got a ton of news to cover. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right, I what a it was. I had a, one of the most relaxing week and a half. I think I took off. I great holiday, great Christmas, great New Year. We did have COVID on Christmas, but that didn't stop us from making a ham and drinking and watching Christmas movies and stuff like that. So Josie and I had a great Christmas. Um, unfortunately, she felt like garbage, but it is what it is. Uh, so New Year's resolutions, I have two New Year's resolutions that I'm doing this year. And they're not really New Year's resolutions. I actually started this earlier uh, in the week so to get caught up. So I have two of them. First one is I'm going to read a lot more books. I have decided I'm not reading enough. Now, I'm reading quite a bit, but I maybe I'm putting in 30 books a year. I'm thinking I should put in a lot more than that. I should put in at least one book a month, one book a week, excuse me. I should probably have a good 50, 52 to 60 books a year. And I'm following some gal I follow on Twitter. Uh, she, she reads... I think she read 85 books last year, which I thought was a, you know, I I should think it's a great idea. I just want to get myself away from the television is essentially what it is. And I I started a book. It's a 450 page book. I started it on the 27th and I finished it on the 31st. So apparently, you know, I can read. I just got to sit there and actually do it. Uh, The second thing I'm doing, I joined a, uh, I joined a club. That is going to, the idea is, put in 2,023 miles of either walking and running over the next year. And I'm going to do that. I This one kind of excites me. Now, it's pouring rain here in California, so it's kind of hard to get out. I've already put in a few miles. But again, I'd like to get my running together and, and start really exercising. And I'm getting married this year. It's going to be a great year. So... I hope you had a great year. I hope you're excited about 2023. I'm hoping 2023 is going to be a better year. I think there's going to be a lot of pain this coming year, but I also think there's going to be a lot of transformation in this country. And over the last six months, we've been looking around and seeing that transformation. So I have a feeling things are going to be good in 2023 and much better in 2024 when Joe Biden gets kicked out of office. Okay, so speaking of Joe Biden, let's get to some news. Um, So he's on another vacation in St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. Uh, (laughs) Now, just to understand something here, um, he just got back from Delaware for Christmas, uh, over the Christmas holiday, and he literally landed in in Washington, D.C. to get on another plane and travel to St. Croix. It must be good to be the king. Now, the big thing is there are actually a few problems in the United States at a time. For example, we had a a snow bomb or a a snowstorm, and it's killed about 100 people. It's taken down power. 
Now, I'm not necessarily going to blame the president for that, but, but the reality of the matter is it is kind of his job to know what's going on and maybe not sit back on the beach while everyone else is freezing their asses off in the Northeast uh, and people without power. And then we still have the inflation numbers, which are still at a 40-year high. We still have uh, gas troubles here. I know the gas has gone down. It's gone down quite a bit, but it is still almost $2 higher than it was before. But he, he decided to go. And then, not to mention, there was his um, spending bill next year, the $1.7, which is actually $1.9 trillion spending bill. Uh, he had to sign that. Well, guess what they did? In order for him to sign that, they flew that bill to St. Croix, where he signed the bill and sent it back. Don't ever tell me anything about climate change. First off, we're not having any global warming. No, no global warming when it is minus 30 in New York. Second, are you seriously worried about the environment when you're flying a plane to bring you a piece of paper that you can't sign? You couldn't wait till you... I mean, he's leaving St. Croix today. He is obviously not taking... I don't know. It's just... Oh, yeah, I forgot about the airline crisis. People are stuck at the airports. Meanwhile, he's getting on his uh, Air Force One and just flying wherever he wants to fly. Delaware, St. Croix. In, in, in absolute credible. Okay, in other news, uh, they finally found the guy who killed those four college students in Moscow, Idaho. He was caught in his parents' home in Pennsylvania. As of now, there is still absolutely no motive and they caught him based on DNA that was found in the apartment <coughs> in the apartment and his car. That led to his identity. The FBI and SWAT found him in his home in Pennsylvania. He was going to, uh, I think it's the University of Washington, where he's uh, studying criminology. He is actually trying to get his PhD in criminology. Uh, they they arrested him, which is about 10 miles away from the University of Idaho. It's just, it just right over the border. So he was arrested. Again, no motive. Uh, there is talk about him, about him stalking the people and that he had been planning this for a couple of weeks. We don't know anything about it yet. And there really is no news so far. But he is caught. He is being sent back to Idaho where he will make his first court appearance. In a real, more news, in a real shocker yesterday, I, I was watching, I, I love football, I was watching the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati um, Bengals, and I'm sure a lot of folks here already know this because this is huge news. Huge news. Uh, defensive back DeMar Hamlin, 24 years old, was uh, made a tackle, stood up, took a couple steps back, and then fell flat on his back. They gave him CPR. They gave him oxygen. They finally stuck him, after about 15 minutes, they stuck him in an ambulance and drove him to uh, a critical care unit in uh, Cincinnati, and there was only one. Um, turned out that he is he had a cardiac arrest. Now, we, we're not really sure where the cardiac arrest is. There is 
there is there are doctors on Twitter that say that you, this is not as uncommon as you think it is, and they kind of explain where it comes from. I would rather wait. What really bother? So far, he's in critical condition. He is sedated. He does, according to the news, I, I again, according to the news, he does have a breathing tube. So he's not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. What really bothers me about this story is the reaction from folks that do not want to take the vaccine on the right. I would assume they're on the right. Because the first thing they did, I mean, the body wasn't even off, his body wasn't even off the field. It wasn't even in the ambulance. And on Twitter, which I use to find out the latest news, that's usually where it comes up. On Twitter, they were already talking about the fact that this guy got the vaccine and the vaccine probably did him in. Now that's a very cynical take and I don't I don't I don't buy any of that crap. First off, you never make you never make explanations without knowing what happened. And the reality is we have no idea what happened with this guy. Now there is a very good doctor, there's a very good doctor's explanation online on Twitter that basically said, well this guy got hit in the chest, his heart fluttered and stopped. It created a, an electrical problem in his heart, and then his heart stopped, and that's where he fell. And when Josie saw the gentleman actually fall over, she said he got hit in the chest. He probably had a heart attack, or he probably, his heart just stopped. He had a heart problem. And jo Josie does work in the medical profession. She's seen things like this before. And she said, yeah, he probably, his heart just stopped. He, he probably got hit. It has something to do with the hit. Now, the hit... When you watch it, the hit didn't look that bad because he made a tackle on someone, but he did get hit square in the chest. I thought maybe the helmet came up on his chin and maybe he had a concussion. But Josie said, no, he got hit in the chest. And then there's a great explanation online that explains how this happens, how a hit to the chest could cause the heart to lose its electrical rhythm. So, listen... I don't believe the left should do this, but I also don't believe the right should do this. I don't think we should politicize absolutely everything. Hey, if this turned out to be the vaccine, okay, well then we talk about it after. But let's find out, because you know, football's a violent game. Could be a lot of things that has nothing to do with um, getting hit in the chest. So I'm just going to throw that out there. And in some sad news, and this is actually sad news, um, Pope Benedict XVI passed away on um, New Year's Eve at the age of 95. Now, Pope ben Benedict, I liked Pope Benedict, even though I liked Pope John Paul II far more than Pope Benedict, but Pope Benedict was actually a decent pope compared to Pope Francis. Pope Francis is garbage. I, I can't stand this guy. Pope Benedict was a good guy because Pope Benedict believed in absolute truth. He believed in following the Catholic doctrine. He wasn't as vocal about it as, let's say, Pope John Paul II, but he's a lot more. He was a lot more vocal about it than Pope Francis. And Pope John, uh, Pope um, Pope Benedict, uh, he left the papacy because of his illness. He was sick when he left and Pope Francis took over. But he always stood up for church doctrine. 
he said abortion is evil. He used to talk about marriage is between a man and a woman. He 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 was very open. He was very even though he was a bit more moderate. He wasn't a conservative, but he was a lot more moderate. The guy did stand for church doctrine. And whenever asked about it, he beat on church doctrine. He believed in absolute truth. He believes that we may not know what the absolute truth is, but we should live by it. He believes in um, morality and that there are standards in our in society. He was very heavy into Western civilization. He loves Western civilization, and he believed that Western civilization that Catholicism and Christianity are the basis, or Judeo-Christian values are the basis for civilization. He believed in he believed in freedoms. He believed that everyone is an individual and he believed that we have freedoms that governments cannot take away. Unlike this piece of crap Pope we have now. Pope Francis, he kind of is wishy-washy on all this stuff. He has to say it because he's the lead of the Christian church and he can't just change doctrine. But he's very wishy-washy on it. I mean, it took him almost two years to sit there and say, hey, abortion's bad or gay marriage is bad. And I don't think he's ever said gay marriage is bad. So rest in peace, uh, Pope Benedict. You will be missed. And it would have been nice if he could have been Pope a little bit longer than he was. Okay, so let's get to some of the other stories we have out here. This is, this is kind of a fun one. So a rumor popped up on social media uh, about a week and a half ago to announce that former Vice President Mike Pence had just turned in his application to run for president in 2024. There was quite a reaction to it on Twitter, though I don't think it was quite the reaction that Mike Pence would have wanted. By that, I mean there was really no reaction to it. It was just announced, okay, he's running, okay. Not one person thought it was going to go anywhere, whether he runs or not. Everyone thought, okay, well, whatever, he's going to get 1% of the vote. He's not popular with the left. He's not popular with the right. He's not popular with Trump's base. There's nothing about this guy. And Trump's running. Trump would, would have pounded this guy into the ground. Now, one of the reasons I think he doesn't have a chance is, and I'm not sure, well, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, he's boring as hell. He's way too straight-laced. Now, I think he's conservative. I think he's probably a good guy. But, I mean, he's just, no one gets a twinge of excitement when this guy runs, when this guy talks. He's boring as hell. Let's call it what it is. So, that's the whole thing. He'd have no chance. I think he would not only have trouble with Trump, I think DeSantis would skunk him. I think the other candidates like Glenn Youngkin of Virginia or Nikki Haley, they'd skunk him. And by the way, both all those folks are thinking of running. But none of this makes a difference anyway. I the, the, so the manager for Mike Pence said that he did not file a run for VP. He did not file a run for president. He never did. In fact, it looks like this whole thing was nothing but a joke. Apparently... There was a filing, but it was common 
uh, it's common that there are fa false filings on behalf of certain people. And this one was apparently not really good. It wouldn't have even passed the sniff test, according to the uh, group that takes this information in. The name on the filing was, for example, Mike Pence, and his name is actually Michael Pence. That's his legal name. So it wouldn't have even been accepted anyway. So it's crap. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Pence's group actually did file this thing or as a test to see what would happen on social media. I doubt that happened. I, I don't think Mike Pence cares. But it didn't work out real well, so I got a feeling that Mike Pence may have learned, okay, no one cares. Let's just not even decide to run. Okay, next story. Um, I, I, I really wanted to, to have a couple of podcasts over the Christmas break, but I didn't because I was just so bloody busy. Um, here's one of the things. Uh, Christmas is not the biggest Christ, Christian holiday, um, but it is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. If you don't know much about Christianity, it's and actually Easter is the big one. It's not uh, Good Friday, Easter weekend. So Good uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and of course Easter itself on Sunday. Um, but you would think, even though Christmas is not a huge holiday, that at least people would want to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And by the way, I, I do. I, I the, One of the reasons I love Christmas so much is it's not only a chance for families to get together, but we all get together and we all acknowledge Christ. We say prayers, we do the whole thing. Well, according to Fox News, an increased number of churches are canceling Christmas Day services in anticipation of low attendance given the holiday falls on a Sunday this year. With the pandemic impacting the way people worship, only 84% of the pastors plan to hold services this year, down from 89% in 2016, which was the last time Christmas fell on a Sunday. According to surveys conducted by LifeWay Research, only 60% of the pastors plan to have church services on both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Real Life Church in Macon, Georgia. Now, I do want to point out I've never heard of real life church. So we'll get to this in a second, but listen to what, I'm some of the names of these churches are just like, who are they? Okay. I'll get to that in a second. A real life church in Macon, Georgia tweeted that it would be hosting a Christmas Eve service, but not one on the Christmas morning. All right. So one thing to really get here is that most of these Christian churches that are doing this, are really kind of outskirts of Christianity, all right? They're Unitarian. They're, they're the kind of guys that would have gay marriages. These are the kind of guys that would have um, drag shows for the church members. I, so these are not really, these are not really the real foundational churches. So for example, Catholics, Protestants, Catholics require you go to church. That's not even a question. Protestants, even more smaller groups like Baptists and things like that, they're still holding their church services, and they still require you to go. And believe me, I'm a Catholic. I don't go to church every Sunday. They yell at you. They will yell at you for not going to church all the time and celebrating only Christmas and the other holidays. 
So no one should be surprised that churches like Real Life Church is is just canceling Christmas. Most so they just decided that hey we're not going to have enough people let's just cancel them. Now I blame I still think this is a bad thing. I think these churches are doing themselves and the people that do want to go to church a real disservice. So there are three things that really bother me about this and three things why I think this is a big problem. First, the pandemic forced the shutdown of churches. This had a huge effect on churchgoers. And what had a huge effect is most of these churches never fought against it. It, This includes the Catholic Church. If I'm a churchgoer and the church doesn't think their services are important enough to fight for, why should the congregants think of that? And I think that's a big problem. And I think the the last four years that we, or last three years we've had this pandemic really hurt the, the Christian religion. The second issue is the secularization of religion. Here's the thing. If I don't believe everything the Catholic Church does, and I'm the typical American, I go to a church that does. Believe it or not, Christianity and even the Catholic Church is becoming more woke and less religious. They are accepting the secularized doctrine. Even Catholicism is beginning to embrace some of this LGBTQIRXZWY ambersand pound sign bullshit. They're beginning to accept this. So every once in a while, the Pope will go out there and he'll condemn this stuff. Every once in a while, Pope Francis, this is why I don't like Pope Francis. Every once in a while, I'll go out, well, no, marriage is really kind of between a man and a woman. But I mean, if you have children out of wedlock, that's okay too. By the way, that's not church doctrine. And he's abortion. He's kind of wishy-washy on abortion. Uh, I think we talked about this last week or a a week and a half ago. He's wishy-washy on abortion because he doesn't want to piss off Democrats in the United States. And in all seriousness, he really doesn't want to piss off Democrats in the United States because they have power and and that's the whole thing. Okay. The, the, so here's the whole thing. It, it's, it's, it, he would rather be quiet and just be accepted by everybody. So even Catholicism, as far as I'm concerned, is getting kind of um, woke, is becoming secularized. This bothers me. And finally, last but not least, the destruction of the family has destroyed religion. Because the family in Catholicism especially, is the foundation of religion. Matter of fact, you get married in a Catholic church. They don't say, hey, I hope you guys are happy. They say you're getting married so you can have kids. Judaism does that. So does Islam. They all do that. That's their point. But now we don't even do that. Even the Catholic religion is beginning to say, well, you're not married and it doesn't work out for you. Okay, you can get married later in the Catholic Church. You couldn't do that before. Sex before marriage was not something you could do in the Catholic religion. As a matter of fact, uh, you, the United States, which is based on Protestantism, which believes the same thing, by the way, 
you were seen as an outcast if you had sex before marriage. The Puritans did this. I mean, the Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne talks about a woman who had sex outside of marriage. She didn't even get pregnant. She had sex outside of marriage. We are beginning to embrace. Uh, religion is losing the embrace because the family is being destroyed. Now, I was raised Catholic by a father and a mother with my two sisters. I went to church. Okay. Now, I fell into the Gen X trap where I just I got bored with church and just didn't go. I still believe in Catholicism, even though I don't practice it the way I should. I'm more of a Christian than a Catholic now. But the fact of the matter is, it was my family who taught me about this stuff. And the family is not doing it anymore because we are losing our family. All right. So let's take a look what I'm going to do here. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, let's do this one because I'm running out of time and I don't want to go too far. So this is great. This is, this is a weird story. And leave it to the daily, leave it to the mirror, which is a UK based deal to really make this story far more confusing than it is. So listen to this. You may need a, a diagram to keep track of this because it's really weird. Proud dad Reuben Sharp today tells how he gave birth to a miracle baby in Britain's most modern family. Here we go. The 39-year-old transitioned to a man 12 years ago. But he still, he, still had a material, maternal instincts and six years ago stopped taking testosterone in hopes of having, uh, hope of one day having a child. And that dream came true when he and his partner, Jay, had a bouncing baby. Jay is non-binary, so he so does not identify as male or female. The sperm donor was a trans woman, and even the doctor was a transgender. And while a handful of other men, UK men, have fallen pregnant after transitioning from a woman, Reuben and Jay are among the first couples to speak out about their remarkable journey. Now, <laughs> this article, I know, you need, you need to figure out what's going on. Okay, we'll, we'll make this real simple in a second. A transgender man gives birth. This is, this is the title on Twitter that the, the Mirror actually sent out. Transgender man gives birth to non-binary partner's baby with female sperm donor. That is it. How is this a story? Of course, because what the left is going to say is that trans people, a man who becomes a woman can give birth. A man who becomes a woman can donate her sperm so women can give sperm. And a woman who says she's a man can give birth to a baby. Essentially, this is the story. Two lesbians wanted a baby. They paid a man to give him, give them his sperm. One of the lesbians got pregnant and had a baby. Period. That's the story. This is a, such a non-story. It's, it's not even funny. But that's why it's being made into a story. Because it is proof, and I put proof in quotes, that trans people 
can have children. And men can have children. And it proves that women have sperm. And that's what they were talking about in the article. Well, here's a newsflash. The article only proved one thing. That only women can have babies and only men can give sperm. It actually doesn't prove anything. It just proves how fuck, how jacked up that kid is going to be. And by the way, Jay being non-binary, Jay's a woman. And when you look at the two, guess what? They look like women. Absolutely incredible. So, I mean, it's great to see that we have crazy coming into 2023 and that we're not ending crazy. This was a really funny story. I read this story to Josie. Transgender man gives birth to nine binary partners baby with female sperm donor. And she looked at me like, the hell are you talking about? Exactly. A exactly. Okay. I Again, I hope you guys had a great Christmas, a great New Year. Great Hanukkah, because Hanukkah fell on the same thing. Uh, I don't give a damn about Kwanzaa, even though the White House decided to push it, because Kwanzaa is not a real holiday. And um, a, a wonderful New Year. You visit Rumble, type in Dumbasses Talking Politics, and I have a new video out. Visit my website. Have a great day. This is Gene. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>